the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Cheryl Chumley. Boy, is it good to have Cheryl back. She's a, and on her website, she starts off by saying, number one, Christian. Number two, conservative. Three, writer and speaker. Who is she? She's number one, a Christian. I like that. She is um, noted for aggressive use of Freedom of Information Act laws to hold officials accountable. We need accountability in this country. Number one, we need accountability. All these excuses and everything just don't hold water. She is the online opinion editor and host of Hold and Blunt podcast for The Washington Times. Subscribe to her newsletter at The Washington Times and get her daily commentaries along with her weekly Bold and Blunt podcast delivered straight to your email three times a week. She's the author of Police State USA. Love that book. The Devil in D.C. Socialists Don't Sleep just came out last year and now lockdown. The socialist plan to take away your freedom. All the information and uh, how to get in touch with her at uh, truthexpressradio.com. Cheryl, I mean... We are in quite a time right now, and you just had an opinion piece. Abortion is the socialist's best friends. They have the courts. We have the people. They're saying Democrat Socialist America put out the call. Members to get in the streets. Demand, demand, demand unfair access to abortion. As its people were moral, limited government cannot live for long as society of immoral people. They know that. They're taking advantage of it. Uh, abortion is basically immoral, and they know it. This is insanity, and the the ruling did not do away with abortion. It let the states do it. They don't want the people to have a voice, do they? No, they don't. It's great to be back with you, Erskine, too. It's, it's been a while, and I'm so happy to be with you again. And look, the left is the party of never let a crisis go to waste, right? That's the famous Democrat line. And here we are with the Supreme Court uh, leaked ruling, right? It's not even final yet. It's still a draft ruling. So honestly, the uh, fury isn't even founded on anything factual yet, because it's not been released as, uh, you know, the final ruling. But even if it is the final ruling, so what? All it does is return to the state a decision that should have been theirs in the first place to have. Uh, Roe v. Wade never should have been. It was an unconstitutional overreach based on a flimsy argument of privacy for women. And now the left is going nuts because they don't want their legislators to have to be placed in a position of accountability and transparency with votes. Yeah, well, when they say uh, they have the courts, we have the people, they don't have the people in most of the states. They may have the people in New York, they may have the people in California, but they don't have the people across the country. And how, how is that working out for them? 250,000 people left New York. 250,000 people left California, 250,000 people went to Florida. People are scrambling for freedom, and they're understanding it in this country, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's the Democratic Socialists of America um, that, in, in my piece that you just quoted at the Washington Times, that made the uh, case that we have the we have the voters, we have the American people. Well, you're absolutely right. Most American people either find abortion outright abhorrent and they want it done away with completely, or they at the very least want limits placed on when women are allowed to have abortions. And 
you know, this is where the left has really overplayed its hand because they want abortion on demand up until the ninth month even. And here in Virginia, where I live, there was even a time where some in the political realm in uh, in Richmond were calling for the ability for women to abort, and that's air quotes around the word abort, abort their babies after they were born. I mean, that's how lunatic the left has I think that was. I think that was your governor who was calling for that. <laughs> Yes, that was your governor. governor. He said uh, the doctor, the mother, make the decision if the baby should live after the baby is born. Now, excuse me, we're not talking about a light bulb, if it's going to work or not. We're talking about a baby. We're not even talking about a fetus at that time. We're talking about a live baby. This is insanity. Now, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in your new book, Lockdown socialist plans to take away your freedom they have taken away the freedom with lockdown to the doctors the medical officials the health bureaucrats on national stage apparently care nothing for politics but only for the safety of citizens well lucky break for democrats who believe in the might of government that's exactly what's happened we've got bureaucrats controlling our lives telling us we need to be locked down telling us what needs to happen bureaucrats with uh, one guy standing up, Dr. Fauci, saying, I am science. Yeah, okay, he's science, and, you know, we're really messed up. Dr. Fauci is science. The ego of these people is enormous, isn't it? Yeah, it, you know, that that's the thing. <clears throat> what the medical field needs is, is a good dose of humility, because in the end, oh. uh, doctors may be well-educated, and they may be good at their jobs, right? But they still can't predict with 100% accuracy if somebody's going to live or die, if somebody's going to recover fully from, say, a surgical operation or not. They can only go by their best uh, guesses based on what they know in this realm. And ultimately, in my view, it's God's opinion. It's God's decision to to determine the outcome of uh, an individual's health and medical procedures. That's the key. It's God's decision. You also say devastating to the economic, societal, educational, psychological, and even physical health of Americans. They saw this opportunity to control, to expand power, uh, to rule, to crush, to subjugate, to usher in political reforms, economic changes, societal shifts, the magnitude even a Trump two terms couldn't undo. That's exactly what they want to do. The de- the In actuality, when you wrote the socialists don't sleep, they really are not did not sleep. Nobody expected very few people expected anything of this degree, did they? Well, and and that's the problem, right? Way back in April 2020, when this coronavirus was first breaking on American soil, I penned a piece for the Washington Times that had the title of the coronavirus will go down in history as the biggest political hoax. That's not to say that the virus wasn't real, but it's just that the government overreach, the government response, the exploitation of American citizens' fears used to justify the clampdown. That's what the biggest political hoax is. And it continues to this day. Democrats are busily keying up and teeing up the next so-called virus-type fear in order to justify continued clampdowns. Bill Gates is talking about it already. And what this was, was the first time I've seen a virus politicized. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, you mentioned Bill Gates. It's it's funny <laughs> that the exact the, the the exact day lockdown came out, Bill Gates um, came out with his next book, How to Beat the Next Pandemic. And in it, I have a copy of it. In it are several key provisions that I warn in lockdown that the left has in store for Americans if we don't educate ourselves about how determined the left is to bring about this new great reset of Klaus Schwab's vision at the World Economic Forum. Bill Gates in one month was bragging that he made $200 billion, $200 billion in one month. He had a patent on it through Peerbright. You've also got the uh, Fauci made all the money off of it because of his patents that he got uh, with the uh, NIH, whereas it should have gone to the government to go to any private company, but he had patents on it. It was about money for some of these, but it's more than that. It is beyond money. It's about power. And what you're looking at with this has been absolutely, in my opinion, and many others, uh, I'll get your opinion, demonic. Yeah, Satanic I, you know, and demonic. Yep, those are two good words, and I would apply those um, uh, with confidence to what's been taking place. And you're right, it's it's about way more than money, because once you're a billionaire, what's, what's another billion, right? Once you're a millionaire, really, what's another million? The, the very rich and elite in the world don't have so much uh, quest for money as they do for uh, a legacy, a legacy where they're looked back on in history as the greatest gift to humanity. Because by and large, most of these multi-billionaires, they're secular in mindset or outright atheists. Anthony Fauci, for example, is a humanist, which is another word for atheist. He was raised as a Catholic, but somewhere along the line, he shed that belief. And you can oh, yeah. see you can see how arrogant he is about proclaiming his mind, his brand of science is the only one that we should listen to. Well, come to find out he's making a lot of money and growing a lot of his influence through this pandemic. What well, does it do to Anthony to get all the money in the world and lose your soul? I mean, really, right. let's just be honest about it. But uh, this has been a politics and your first chapter in lockdown is amazing. Politics of fear and politicalization of the pandemic. Now, I've said for a long time that what happened was that uh, they have brought in the fear. People were afraid to go out. It's the first time those who were sick were not were not uh, uh, put into quarantine. The well people were put into quarantine. I mean, this is insanity. So what they've done is they've instilled fear. When you're afraid, you don't think. You lose your common sense. And this is exactly what's happened. America's lost its common sense due to the fear factor, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what's worse is nowadays, right, you have people who are going to clinics and doctor's offices to find out if they're sick. When, right. when do Americans do that? When look, look back before the pandemic, before the coronavirus, right? Look back to say flu season. When when flu season rolled around, did American citizens just randomly out of the blue every day run to CVS or or Walgreens to get to get a quick test? a self-test to determine if they were carrying the flu no, virus? No, 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 no. Ridiculous. Yeah, you only went to the doctors when you were sick, and then you got tested, and they would say, oh, you have the flu. Go home and stay in bed. 
Well, this pandemic now has everybody. Anytime somebody steps outside, they're like, oh, well, let me go see if I'm sick. Let me go see if the test says I'm sick today. And that is only fueling the fear and hysteria even more. Now, where do the tests come from? Look at the tests that they're selling. The tests are out of China. (laughs) Right. Yes. Tests are out of China. I looked at that. I said, tests are from China. I mean, let's go. Let's think about it. You can't, the country's gotten to such a point where you can't even get baby formula now. It's this, are we a third world country? Even in a third world country, you can get baby formula. We are almost beyond being in a third world country. And what are we doing? We're sending aid to the Ukraine, right? Uh-huh. How much good is this? I mean, this is insanity. They are just spending money. People are having losing all of their savings and everything. This is a stealth tax. It's not so stealthy, the inflation. So this is ushered in an complete socialist revolution is what's happened, isn't it? it? It is. And that's why I wrote lockdown. And it's not so much insanity as strategic by the far left. I mean, in our in our views, right, it looks insane because after all, who would want to crumble America? America is the right. greatest country in the world. Who wants to do away with a limited government form of, of, you know, a country's government and political system? Well, the left does, because ultimately, those on the left, the collectivist is really the enemy here. The collectivist in, in American politics and in the global government. But they want to cripple America so they can control. They do. The book is called Lockdown. We'll be right back with Cheryl Chumley. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Talking with Cheryl Chumley. I would suggest getting both books. One is Socialists Don't Sleep because it really tells you. And we're seeing this more and more how they're not sleeping. They're pulling out all the stops right now. And her other book is incredible. It's called Lockdown, the uh, Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. Uh, Let's talk about uh, very simple. What is socialism? Socialism, in my opinion, and Cheryl, please expand on this. Socialism, in my opinion, is dealing with the collective instead of the individual. Now, you and I both being Christian, we understand that God sees individuals. He doesn't see the mass. He doesn't look at the collective. He doesn't say, these people are this, and these are this, and these are this, and only Hispanics, and only blacks, and only... No, he sees individuals, as Martin Luther King did, judge a person by their character, not the color of their skin. That's the way God looks at us. In the world, there are 
billions of people, and no two, even identical twins, have the same fingerprints. So God sees us as individuals. Socialists look at people as the collective. And socialism is not about the creation of wealth, but redistribution of wealth. You want to see how it redistributes socially in socialism? Not to the poor. No, no, no. Look at Black Lives Matter. It goes to the wealthy. It goes to the elite because they know more than us. Uh, anything else you'd like to add to what socialism is? It's just, it, it's not what Jesus would vote for if he were walking the earth today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. He, he, he did his prayers. He did everything as preaching in the marketplace. He was a carpenter before Home Depot. The man got out and worked. He worked. He, he was a good person. He was a strong person. He wasn't some little fairy guy running around spewing more epitaphs than um, Joel Olstein on crystal meth. No, this <laughs> Jesus was telling the truth and he was tough. That's something that a lot of churches are not saying. He 40 days and 40 nights fighting the devil, fighting the devil, Satan himself. He came back and he looked at the guys and he said, hey, boys, let's go for a walk. Come on, that's that. <laughs> I mean, well, that, really, that's that's what it says. I mean, I read that and I went, "Wow!" Now that's a real man who could do that. <laughs> well, there, there's a social justice gospel that's been creeping into our churches in America, and so it's bad enough that we have a growing secularized society because in a nation where rights come from God not government, then once we remove godly people from society, that just creates a void for government to step in, which is where we're at now. But it's doubly bad when we do have churches that do have pews filled with people teaching the wrong things about the Bible, teaching that uh, Christians ought to be socialist. And my response to that has always been that it's very clear to me that Jesus never preached about the need for government to provide, to take from Peter to pay Paul, but for believers to reach in their own pockets and provide. And so, you know, the the idea that government is supposed to take money from taxpayers and give it to those least, it, it's abhorrent when, when that becomes a socialist system that's far from biblical truths. When you're looking at what's happened with the COVID, which is what you're writing about in lockdown, First thing they did, and you you wrote very, very beautifully about what all they did. First thing they did was shut down the churches, wasn't it? Yeah, when you shut down the churches and, and then allow the politicians who shut down the churches to make a case that churches are the same as, as venues of entertainment or marijuana right. shops. So they should be oh, regulated. they left the marijuana shops open. They left the abortion clinics yeah. open. <laughs> they shut down the churches, though, right. Yeah, and you know what? It's churches that are uh, upheld by the First Amendment. It's it's churches and the free uh, worship that is part and parcel of America's DNA. It's not the right to go to Walmart and shop or the right to go to a liquor store and uh, buy buy booze. It's it's freedom of worship, freedom to gather. Oh, absolutely! You you've got a list of the things that they did, the things that they shut down. And this reads almost incredible, incredible list. We'll talk more about that when we return on Truth Express Radio. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal 
fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Talking about Cheryl Chumley. Cheryl, the more we're hearing about the COVID, the more we're watching and we're watching these pharmaceutical executives. I think eight or 10 of them became billionaires over this, uh, that uh, people are starting to learn the truth of it. Uh, ivermectin, you can't get it. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, you can't get it. Remdesivir, oh yeah, you can get that, but it tears up the kidneys. I mean, this is terrible what these things do, some of the new things they're coming out with. The old things do work. The ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine do work. People who've taken it will tell you that, but they don't make any money off of it. Uh, People are learning that the data that they wanted kept secret for 75 years. Pfizer came out with it. They hired 2,400 employees due to the increase uh, of adverse events and also to cover up for the information that's coming out what they're doing to children i've had doctors on all the way from 2020 talking about this children don't have receptor sites so to give children and to mask them mayor adams in new york i would debate you i could put you up against 10 different doctors you don't put masks on children they don't have receptor sites they are not susceptible to getting coronavirus until they're 12, 13, 14, or 15. The little kids, no way. That is that is child abuse. And they're not telling people the truth on this, Cheryl. It's sad they aren't telling the people the truth. 215 members of Congress have taken ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, but you can't get it. They're dividing the elites from we the people, aren't they? Yeah, and this is part of the overall strategy, right? Divide and conquer. And fear is such a great tool to exert controls. Oh, yes. When you have a country in fear, which uh, by and large America has been in fear for two years now, it's easy for one person like an Anthony Fauci to take charge. And Anthony Fauci has to be one of the most wicked players of this whole strategy from the left because Everything he says to me just comes out like a serpent. Whatever he says, it's never sound scientific truth. He always qualifies everything and couches it in language that can be stepped away from. He always says things like potentially or perhaps or maybe or if we don't do this, then this could happen. And no, well, always- he said at one point, no mask. They said uh, you have to wear a mask. They said it'd be two or three masks. Well, I mean, yeah, he he just can't get his story straight, can he? 
No, and yet he's been allowed to run roughshod over individual liberties for over two years. And still to this day, the media treats him as if he's some sort of god to be worshipped on all matters scientific and Saint everything Fauci. to deal with the pandemic. I think I think he's closer than to being Fauci. I think he's closer to being Faustus, who sold his soul. <laughs> and if I you agree. think about the story, then it is very, yep. very close, right? Because this is a man who sold his soul for what? For fame and money. Yep, yep. And actually, that story came to mind, too, when I first heard Anthony Fauci speaking on media. Um, it, you know, it's funny. Of course, public education won't teach kids that these days. But no, they don't know the word of <laughs> the story of Faustus. But basically, yep. it's a man who sold his soul. And you make a bargain with the devil; it never works out well. And this is not going to work out well for Anthony Fauci. Not going to. <laughs> but when I'm looking at what he's done, he has done so much to disrupt this country. Are we going to get back from this? Is there any way we can pull back from socialism, the type that is being instituted? Or is America, I think we're starting to pull back. I think people are starting to wake up on the COVID. I think two things have happened. One, positive things. You're not hearing a whole lot positive, are you, Cheryl? No. (laughs) Okay, positive number one, what happened in Virginia and elsewhere. The mama bear stepped up. They're seeing what's being taught in schools, and they're saying enough's enough. Papa bears are now starting to step up on the same thing. Number two, people are also turning to God, not necessarily with the churches, but within themselves. And they're saying this is our only source of help and refuge. It always has been, but they're just rediscovering it. I think a lot of people are. Not enough yet. But a lot of people are. They're discovering that that is their whole refuge. So I think these two, discovering God within them and knowing that they can talk to God within them. And the other thing is to uh, discover what's going on in the schools. I think this has been critical, and it's going to be the Achilles heel of the socialist. I agree that both those things have taken place, and I do see spots um, to be optimistic about around the nation. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida has been great, and then you have Senator Rand Paul fighting hard against the Fauci mindset on Capitol Hill. Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, also another strong senator, right. Absolutely, and there are a few others, but... The the problem I still see is, uh, and and it's what I write about in lockdown, that this goes beyond America's borders. This goes beyond just the next election. And I think too many people have been COVID-weary, so they're happy now to get some of their rights back. But they're not seeing the bigger principle here, which is that their rights never should have been stripped in the first place. And to receive them back from some level of government, whether it's a judge or political representatives, is still to see the argument and the principle that those rights were given by government. And the rights in America rightly come from God. So the goalpost has been moved a bit. And I think people want to get back to pre-pandemic normalcy so badly, they're willing to give up some of the watchdogging that still needs to continue. When you look at this, you also have Chapter 9, Deception from George Orwell's Animal Farm. And I love the one thing that he said in Animal Farm, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. That's exactly where we're at, isn't it? Yes. 
that's that's you know people make analogies with um and comparisons with George Orwell's 1984 and I, no, I do no, myself no. all the time no. but for Animal Farm honestly is more applicable if you look if you read Animal Farm which is a short book read it right, and then see right. the, how it plays out it it it's a lot more applicable to what's going on we are the pigs and uh, when he talks about it, it is such a great book 1984 is about the surveillance. You had that. You wrote yeah. about that in Police State. But this is <laughs> beyond that. This is beyond surveillance. It isn't even a question of surveillance anymore. It's a question of are we going to maintain our capitalist society? If we don't, what he did with the oil and gas and all of that and the climate uh, and then the uh, white supremacy, all of that feeds into this paranoia that we have in this country, instead of doing positive and working together, he's divided us on every level and he's taken our money away. He's taken our prosperity away when he's quit the oil and gas, in my opinion. Yes. And the gaslighting that's gone on about all this is horrible. You know, if you bring right. up these issues with somebody on the left, they accuse you of being just what they themselves are. And it's, it's so frustrating because you're like, just look at the facts for crying out loud. You lived through Trump and now you're living through Biden. <laughs> listen, listen, look, listen to what they did. They accused Trump of colluding with the Russians and who colluded with the Russians? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I mean, everything they've accused us of doing. Who got the steel dossier? Hillary Clinton. Who collided with, colluded with the Russians? Hillary Clinton. I mean, this was just insanity. I mean, everything that they accuse us of doing is what they have done. And not that, not that our side's been squeaky clean, but we've been a darn sight better than the left. Oh, heck yeah. So there's no comparison there. At least, you know, the gaslighting is not um, so blatant on the side of the Republican Party. <laughs> now, do you think there's any chance that a guy like Fauci and some of these other doctors who have been spewing misinformation, end of story. They've been spewing misinformation uh, or direct lies. Uh, Any chance they'll be brought up on Nuremberg-style trial? I think there may be after uh, after Democrats get out of office. And I think the Democratic Party has absolutely shot itself in the foot. I don't think they're going to be thrown out because of the COVID that they've totally mismanaged, but I think they're going to be thrown out because of the inflation. No, I don't think there's going to be accountability for Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci in this lifetime. You know, as a Christian, um, I I see accountability in the afterlife for them, of course. Oh, I think there'll definitely be accountability in the afterlife. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be Bill Gates or Fauci stand up. Well, Jesus, you you don't (laughs) understand. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know the the thing is, when Republicans are in charge, they actually want to unite the country. It's only Democrats that will take an issue like Donald Trump, create lies about him, and continue even after he's out of office to attack him. Could the could they have done more to divide the country? I don't see how they could have. I mean, all the things that they've done to divide the country. All all Biden had to do was take over and follow the Trump policies. Now, let me ask you one other thing. You haven't written about this, or at least I haven't seen any of your writings. The Truth Squad, the new thing that they've got, the disinformation group. I forgot what they call that thing, uh, where they determine what's truth, truthiness, and what isn't true. What mm-hmm. about that? I mean, yeah. that is, have, 
people aren't really jumping on that the way they should. Free speech, the ministry of truth. Is it because they no longer control Twitter? Is that the response to the scare? They're so scared of that. I, I think they're worried. Well, that's part of it, right? But I think they're worried about the coming elections, that they want to clamp down on any type of dissenting viewpoints against the Democrat Party. Because look at the Democrat polls. None of them can win. And so the only way they can win is to try and stifle debate and create distractions like abortion and things like that from the real things that uh, matter to people. And this is the Democrats' long-term goal of turning America into a communist-type society where conservatives, Christians, those with viewpoints that aren't expressly approved by the government are completely stifled. Oh, my God. Is this the this is this is not the country we grew up in, Cheryl? No, I've never no, seen anything like this. And nope. to to see that people would even where years ago nobody would even talk about a ministry of truth that is right, right out of Orwell, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I don't even know why they don't just go ahead and call it that. I mean, everybody's calling it that already, and the fact that this could even be raised and discussed. With that crazy lunatic lady singing the, uh, what, 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 what's her name? Oh, the, one the Mary, Mary Poppins lady? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. What was is that? that? It was a reject from America's Got Talent. It was really awful. Oh, my goodness. And seriously, she's going to be in charge of this board, this uh, disinformation board? under well, the look, look, look at who they have. Look at who they have. The lady who's going to be the spokesperson for the White House. I mean, she's an out oh, So, yes, and uh, she's got two qualifications. She's black and she's a lesbian. Okay, let's look <laughs> at the other person, Mayorkas. What great job did he do with the border? I mean, this is the guy yeah. who's in charge of the truth, ministry of truth. Oh, my God. He says, we've done everything we can with the border. Yeah, and he's in charge of ministry of truth. He couldn't <laughs> tell the truth if he had to, but he came upside the head. And then you, look you at the laugh. other Pete Buttigieg, the only only time he's been on a road is when somebody drove him around. His uh, <laughs> husband drove him around. Pete Buttigieg does most of it with a bicycle. They'll drive him up there. He'll get out of the car and then ride his bicycle in for a photo op. Look at what they've got and the vice president. Is there any adults in the room who can handle a real situation? I don't see a one. No. Look at Blinken. No. Look at Blinken. The Chinese <laughs> laughed at the man. They laughed at him. Did they laugh at Pompeo? I don't think so. It, you, I mean, you you got to laugh because if you don't, you just you you shake your head. And uh, who went to the Ukraine? Was it uh, President Biden? No, it was Dr. Jill Biden. Uh huh. Dr. Jill Biden, of course, and I don't think she's ever done Operation in her life. No, because <laughs> she's not a medical doctor, right? But that makes her a perfect scientific expert in the Democrat Party, right? I mean, right. That passes off. Have you seen a more inept? Now, if this was from a cartoon, you would say that's funny. But it isn't a cartoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is reality. This is what our country has right now. This is what what, uh, what passes as the government of the United States of America. And its implications are severe. That's where we've got a problem. Yep. No joke. That's true. That's true. And they use COVID to get to it, 
and uh, I think also lying and cheating on the election. But they use COVID to get to it. I mean, this is just uh, terrible. But they're going to continue on. We're going to have another epidemic coming. Bill Gates has promised that, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's been already heralded by the press as being the great prophet of modern times. So whatever he says comes true. So what what is your choice? What do you think we need to do, Cheryl? What can we do as a country? I think we need to, number one, vote. But are we going to have an Oz vote? Yeah, we need to keep in mind that uh, an honest election may not occur, right? I mean, so we have to keep that in mind. And really, the number one thing to do, you've referenced it earlier, is is pray for our nation. That's first and foremost, because a nation that was built on the idea that rights come from God, not government, has to keep God at the helm. And we failed on doing that, which is why I believe we're facing some of these consequences. And second, vote anyhow. Let's talk about this when we come back. We've got a short period. We'll talk about what we can do. We return Cheryl Chumley. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800 356 4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800 356 4470 today. And socialists don't sleep. We have to root out the causes of socialism to get going. You talk, uh, it's basically a playbook of how Christians can arise and take over and return America to where it needs to be. That's basically what you've got in socialists don't sleep, isn't it? Yeah, that that's basically the playbook of socialists don't sleep. And honestly, it's because Christians have been asleep at the wheel in 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 involving themselves in matters of this world that this country is facing the Ill, the problems that it's facing now. We need people, you know, good people of uh, Judeo-Christian mindset who understand the founding of this nation and the concept of God-given rights running for offices from everything from the federal offices down to their local zoning and planning commissions and boards of supervisors and, of course, school boards. Right. Now, the th- the thing is, a lot of people are almost afraid to say they're Christian anymore because that's being demonized, isn't it? Yeah, but shame on them, right? I mean, right. <laughs> you have to. That's the problem. You know, this nation was founded on those very principles that the left likes to um, argue against and fight and attack. And if we cower in the corner, then, of course, the left, which is demonic, is going to take <laughs> right. over. So, you know, you have to. So what if it's uncomfortable? 
Uh, I just don't buy into that line of thought that I don't want to be attacked. I don't want to offend. So I'll keep quiet. Right. It's the uncomfortable. You just don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry, boys and girls. There are lots of things that make us all uncomfortable and you just can't go with it. You've got to be a little bit uncomfortable in order to, if either you have to stand for something, if America's worth having, it's worth standing up for. And we've got to, and you can't rely on just the Republican party. You certainly can't rely on Democrat party. We're going to have to come back to a party that respects uh, God and understands God. And that's where it has to come from. And this goes throughout the whole strata goes to your doctors. It goes to everybody. You've got, we've got to go to a higher standard. If we lose our moral and our virtues, we've lost our country. Absolutely. And you know what? Founding fathers. We have no reason to fight for it. We have no reason to fight for it. You said that in uh, your book, you talked about how a country that loses its morality uh, has no, uh, no, no purpose for being. And that's exactly where we are right now. It's a shame, right? But that's, that's why we're facing all these troubles right now. It's not just the political system or it's not just this politician. It's the fact that we have allowed the political system and the politicians to exist. Now, you've got four, four children. Yes, now, I do. So obviously you don't believe in abortion. And obviously you're concerned about them in the public schools or in school today. Are they in public schools? My first three went through public school. There was a reason for that. Um, and my fourth one is in private school affiliated with our church. Good. That's a very good thing because the fact of the matter is, uh, when I'm looking at these rules that they're putting children under, this is uh, absolutely going to create problems in this country like we've never seen before. It's doing it already, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, you you nailed it a a few minutes ago when you said that the positive thing was the coronavirus uh, awoken the sleeping giant of parents to horrible things that were being taught. Uh, I I think they call it they call it the mama bears awakening. (laughs) I like that term. Yeah, I do, too. And it's about time. But for shame that it had to take something like a lockdown. I mean, where are parents anyhow watching over what their kids learn in school? Don't people eat dinner together anymore as a family and discuss the day's events? And I you know, don't think they the do. Problem. That's part of the uh, problem, don't you think? I think uh, when you've got people do not understand biology, they, they are saying crazy things we're going to have to start laughing at them and pulling it out and saying you are just totally crazy get away from me because when they say things like doctors can't determine a boy or a girl at birth you've heard that (laughs) when they start putting tampexes in the boys rooms for elementary school (laughs) through high school these people are crazy you know you might be crazy if you're doing something like that you not might be you are totally off You have gone off the reservation if you're doing that. We have to be calling these people out. There is a bridge too far, and they've crossed it. Yeah, they're they're loons. Look, I think somebody should just run, and, you know, maybe one day I will, run on a platform at your local school board, for instance, of saying that you're going to run uh, to fight to keep out tampons from the boys' room. You're going to run against the LGBTQ agenda in schools. Do it, do it. Don't forget, lockdown and sisters don't sleep. Carol Chumley.
all aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs operating five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Daniel Greenfield. It's always a pleasure having Daniel Greenfield on. He's an Israeli board author. He's a columnist. Shilman journalism fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Mr. Greenfield's been quoted by every major talk radio host. We're going to examine Biden warning Israel against freedom of religion. Incredible. Thought we'd never see something like this. And you can read the articles at Front Page Mag, or you can go to sultankanishblogspot.com. All that's up at truthexpressradio.com. Daniel, I read these articles, and I was just absolutely flabbergasted. Uh, When you're talking about one article, the Seder uh, makes a mockery of Passover and the Jews. Now, the Seder is a meal. You have four glasses of wine. It's a celebration of the exodus from uh, Egyptian slavery 3,000 years ago. It's the oldest religious continuously celebrated celebration in the world. And um, David Emhoff, uh, who is Kamala Harris's husband, did a people's Seder. Uh, I mean, this is just incredible. They talked about the Ukraine. They didn't talk about Israel. Uh Biden said hearts of the people are of the are with the people of the Ukraine. I mean, this is terrible. I've never seen anything quite like that. You were astonished when you saw it, weren't you? Oh, yes. But, you know, this is typical for the left. What the left does with religion, with Judaism, with Christianity, with Judeo-Christian religions in general, is it tries to replace them um, because it is its own religion. The left is very much its own religion. And so what happens is the left wants you to worship it. And uh, whenever it engages in any kind of religious service, what it really does is it supplants it, it usurps it, and it asks you to worship it, and it uh, it dismisses, um, it minimizes, it replaces the actual religion itself. Right. It's a beautiful celebration. It's a celebration of freedom. It's a celebration of freedom from bondage. And yet they had people like Michael Twitty, a black gay guy who a uh, social activist, he said, Seder molasses represents the transatlantic slave trade. Give me a break. Talk about your cultural appropriation. Himoff said, even though the Exodus story tells the story of particular people, its message is universal. It's not a universal message. It's a message to the Jewish people about how they can't forget they were under slavery, how they got out of slavery, and of God's grace in helping them. Now, this is not a universal message. It's a message to the Jewish people. And don't take something that's going to the Jewish people or the Christian people and make it universal. It wasn't. It was specific. 
And God was talking to the Jews during that time. He wasn't talking to the Arabs during that time. He was talking to the Jews. And uh, they erase uh, the Jews from the Passover uh, for social justice. You're supposed to worship government. It isn't liberation. It's slavery again. That's exactly what they're doing. You can't appropriate Passover. That is a sin in my my feeling, don't you? Well, I know you do. Absolutely. You like it is. And it's an abomination Absolutely. against it's an abomination against God. Yeah, but this is again, this is what they want to do. They want to erase uh the state, they want to erase uh Judaism and Christianity in general because they want to erase God. This is their grand idea, this is their grand scheme. Uh, they want us to think that our freedom comes from government, not from God. And, you know, the Founding Fathers had a very different idea. They believed that our freedoms, our rights come from God. And when the left insists that our freedom, our rights come from government, then, of course, the government can take them away anytime it wants to. Wow. And that's a, that's a message of Passover, that your freedom came from God. God was standing with the Jewish people. They were able to get free from the from the Egyptians. That was the message of the Passover, one of the main messages of the Passover. And when you're going with that, then you don't bring this in. They're trying to change the message. That isn't going to work with anybody who's Jewish. It really shouldn't. It shouldn't, but you know, too many Jews, too many Christians have forgotten what their religions actually mean, what they stand for. They go to churches or synagogues, that preach social justice instead of religion, um, that reduce uh, the entire grand legacy, the relationship with God entirely to um, class warfare, to uh, wokeness, to and of course that leads them to supporting things like abortion, um, gay marriage, and all the various items on the left social agenda, and they can claim that they're doing this in the name of religion because they've really replaced religion. That's why they got abortionists uh, uh, protesting at the churches. Should not be. Let somebody worship the way they want to. Keep politics away from that. Come on, get real. Uh, Biden visited Israel for uh, going to visit Israel in the next few months, but he refuses to attend any events with Netanyahu. Uh, the Muslim notes disrupted the Passover with violence at the Temple Mount. Now, the Temple Mount is the whole, one of the holiest places, if not the holiest place in the world. In the world, and that was wasn't that the site of the first and second uh, temples? Wasn't is am I correct on that, uh, Daniel? Yes, it was the site of the temple and the holy of holies within the temple. Uh, it's the most certainly the holiest place for Jews. And uh, unfortunately, when the uh, Muslim invasion happened, they occupied the area. They built a victory mosque on top of it. And, you know, every Jewish holiday, there are riots, there are assaults, there's rocks being thrown down on the Jewish worshipers below. And unfortunately, again, the Biden administration continues to support this kind of behavior. It urges, um, it's been urging Israel not to uh, support freedom of worship, because freedom of worship would mean that Jews and Muslims are both allowed access to the site. The Biden administration believes that only Muslims should be able to go there and should be able to pray there. Oh, my God. Only Muslims can this was given by God as a place to build the temple. It was selected by God for the Jews thousands of years ago. And the White House warned the Jews, prayers are provocative. Maintain a historic status quo because it's offensive to Muslims. Stop talking about freedom of worship. Go back to the status quo. Let the Muslims control the Temple Mount. 
well, the Muslims lost. The Temple Mount belongs to Israel, who's allowing the Muslims to worship there, to have their have their church there. They're allowing that to happen. But this is uh, more than they actually should have done because they lost, the Muslims lost the war. And that's what they, they should not have even allowed that. But in the sense of trying to be, do the right thing, they let them worship there. And now look how they're repaid. You can't give them an inch, can you? No, you can't. I mean, that's the lesson. We've all been learning the very, very hard way. Americans since September 11th, Europeans keep learning that. And, you know, you very much want to be the good guys. You want to be generous. You want to say, uh, let bygones be bygones. But, you know, the other side is not signing on to that. They're not letting bygones be bygones. Freedom of worship only for the Muslims. The Biden administration is blaming Israel. And the Jews can can visit the Temple Mount but they can't pray even in silence. This is insanity, and our administration's going up and agreeing with the Muslims. This is this is incredible. Where the way that you, the the uh, Iran was almost under because of the uh, tariffs and all the trade restrictions we put on Iran. Now it's back, and we're begging them for oil. This is crazy. What's going on? They are trying to disrupt the entire world. And they are especially going after every religion they can. They're going after Judaism, which was is the foundation of Christianity. And so they're going after the Christians and the Jews at the same time. Now, that's a lot of people. Why can't the Christians and Jews get together? We're going to have to get together and realize that we both are fighting Satan and sat- uh, satanic activities. We definitely should. You know, this is how the Islamic conquest of the Middle East happened in the first place. Everybody was fighting each other. The various Christian denominations were fighting each other, and the Jews and the Christians. And um, in the end, they just divided and conquered. And, you know, they're still dividing and conquering. They get us fighting each other, and we end up losing. We all end up losing. And then Biden's deputy assistant secretary of Israel and Palestine affairs, Hadi Amir, said, I was inspired by the Palestinian." Uh-huh. Okay. He was inspired by them. Yeah, good, good guy. Fine. This is insanity. I mean, the, our traditional friends, people who we share so much with. And then you had people like Jared Kushner who put together the Abraham Accords, where we had peace in the Middle East that should have lasted for years, peace in the Middle East. And he and the Biden administration has gone against the, the uh, have gone for the Iranians and what they're doing is Kushner put together the friend of our uh, the en- friend of our en- uh, friend of uh, the enemy of our you know how it goes about the enemy and the friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. enemy, how's that one? It's a uh, uh, friend of us is the enemy of my enemy opposed. is my friend. Absolutely, that's exactly what he put together, and that was a good thing. Because the Israelis appreciated it, they understood it, and we were able to make peace between many of the Arab countries and Israel for the first time. That was a beautiful thing. As a matter of fact, Israel was going to run a pipeline through Jordan and with some of the help of some of the countries around there to Turkey. Biden stopped that also. It's an oil pipeline to help uh, help uh, the uh, people in the areas to Europe to get oil. And he stopped that. I mean, he has done everything he could 
against Israel, hasn't he? They've done everything possible to undermine to undermine Israel. To I mean, this is the continuation of the Obama administration's policies. It's a lot of the same people from the Obama administration. It's important to understand that it's this is exactly what Obama was doing for eight years. Now the same folks are doing this again. And you know, if he gets another term, there's going to be another uh, eight years of that. And you know, the consequences for America, for Israel, for the world are going to be really bad. And it's not just about America, but it's about the entire world because that. Uh... I feel like if there's going to be a World War III, it's going to take place with Jerusalem. A lot of people have felt that, and he's opening it up for that. He is really opening things up for a bad situation. But we, if we don't stand by our friends, what kind of country are we? We have to stand by those who stand by us. Israel stood with the U.S. We've stood with Israel. We have traditional friends. We can't, can't do away with that. The people of America know that. It's very well said. So what uh, what do you see happening? Uh, is, is the feeling in Israel that we have uh, turned our back on them, is that the feeling that people have there? I mean, certainly under the Obama administration, that's really the case. Uh, and I think that's really one of the things that was driving the Abraham Accords, which you previously mentioned, because a lot of Israel and a lot of America's allies in the Middle East looked at the Obama administration. They said, we need an alternative to this because we can't count on the United States. So, you know, we're going to try to form our own temporary regional alliance against Iran. And, uh, you know, that is very much still the case. I mean, uh, Israel, the Saudis, others are just trying to see what they can do because they know the Biden administration is, if anything, going to stand in their way. Uh, the way I look at it, Daniel, is when we turn our back on Israel, we're turning our back on God. Oh, you know, the left very much hates God. And I mean, they seem to like Allah well enough, but they very much hate God. And they. Absolutely. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Daniel, there was nothing in any of the news about uh, the uh, mockery of the Passover with the people's Seder. There was nothing in any of the news here about uh, Biden warning Israel against freedom of uh, worship. Nothing written about that. They're keeping it quiet, aren't they? You know, the big thing about the news is that nothing that actually matters is in the news. (laughs) You're right. You're right. And that's what you, that's one of the reasons it's so good to read your articles and have you on and to go to front page mag 
You talk about the grand jury demands action against the Soros DA. Nobody's talking about that one either. That's in St. Louis grand jury said letters to the judge uh, concerns about uh, county attorney Kim Gardner and uh, sent the letter to the Missouri Office of Disciplinary Counsel. And these were seven members of the grand jury. They're going to have to start standing up to these DAs, aren't they? Uh, they absolutely are because these people are they're not they're not only not prosecutors because they're not prosecuting criminals uh they're engaging in political cases they're going after republicans that's pretty much their whole mission uh, they're going after conservatives they're going after people who are opposed to their radical agenda i mean this is soviet union type stuff communist china type stuff you had another article i want to talk about and this one i really enjoyed these are new article things that you're not hearing about only internet fascism can save democracy. We've got to save democracy from the people. Free speech on the internet endangers democracy, Barack Obama told Stanford University. Free speech endangers democracy. Free speech is what we're all about, isn't it? Democracy means the people. We're not a democracy anyway. We're a constitutional republic. But the fact is, Obama said free speech is a danger to democracy. Are these people crazy what they're saying, Daniel? The U.S. doesn't believe in free speech. They believe in power. And uh, as I discussed in the article, this is a threat to their power. People can just say anything that they like. Well, then uh, how do you control people? So uh, this is what they're saying. They're saying that democracy um, it depends on them being able, the Democrats being able to win and the Democrats being able to win arguments. So the only way to do that is to silence people. And that's what we've seen on the Internet. We've seen the suppression of free speech, the shutdown of debate. Uh, this is very much what they're into. Everything goes to social impact. Social impact is everything, even to political impact. Everything that they do goes to social impact. Uh, the quasi-religious conception of mass social mobilization is pervasive in American society. What they're trying to do is control beliefs, aren't they? They are trying to get to our belief systems. Yes, this is what they've been pretty explicit about. It. It's uh, all their talk about disinformation and misinformation and their disinformation governance board. What they're saying all along is that we need to be able to control what people believe. Otherwise, we can't control them. This is what every leftist communist government has done. You talk about the official view. is only The only truth is the official view. That's when they started out this truth commission. Only truth is the official view. We got one people, one leader, one state. In other words, they're going to tell us what truth is. They're going to tell us uh, how to think. This is exactly where it's going. They're going to try to tell us how to think. Elections ideas are too important to be left to the public. So they're trying to tell us everything to think. I mean, this this is incredible. We're seeing a takeover, not only of our country, but also of our minds. They don't want people to think anymore, do they? No, they absolutely don't. Um, they want us to repeat back what they say or face cancel culture. Now, American freedom is not about the state power. And this was a very important thing you made and brought out. It's about the individual power. This is a difference. Socialism is about the collective. We're about the individual. But this is what they want to destroy is the power of the individual, don't they, Daniel? They want there to be just a group, the collective. It's what race you are, 
um, what uh, gender identity you are, what group you belong to. And then once you're in the group, you have to comply and do everything that the group says and could do what the government says. This is how they want to control people. They understand that they can't just win elections. What they have to do is um, reshape Americans from people who just make individual decisions to collectivists. Wow. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800 356 4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800 356 4470 today. Talking with Daniel Greenfield. Daniel, you wrote an article I'd like to talk about. This was uh, an incredible article, as all of yours are. The Democrat plan to stop Joe Biden. Democrats want to stop Joe Biden. Well, Democrats haven't got anybody, as you say. Uh, you call it gerontocracy of dementia patients. Senator Feinstein, 88. Representative Scott, 76. Nancy Pelosi, 82. Uh, uh, Stinney uh, Hoyer, 82. James Clyburn, 81. They're old people, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're not just old. They're very, very old, and they're losing it. They're losing their marbles. It's this political elite that just has stayed in place and refuses to leave. And now they're getting desperate because Biden very much represents them, but Biden polls very, very badly, and oh, they're yeah. starting to worry that he could take them down. Well, it's going to take him down because when we've got the inflation going the way it's going, we've got the things that he's been doing, his uh, attack on the religion, his other uh, things that they're doing, it's going to take them down. Kamala Harris, she's worse than her boss. So if they take him down, they've got Kamala Harris. They can't deal with that. They're in a really tough bind, aren't they? Uh, very tough. And so the result is that... Uh... They can, they're hoping that maybe the Hunter Biden scandal actually prevents him from running again. So they're going to let that go on. Well, Biden is a coward. He was a coward against Hillary in 2016. He was opposed to taking out uh, bin Laden. He fled Afghanistan. The only time that he stood up to anybody was corn pop. Other than that, and that's a made-up story <laughs> that he tells. Other than that, he's been a coward pretty much his whole life. He doesn't stand for anything, does he? He stands for enriching his family. That's pretty much uh, what a lot of uh, Washington, D.C. politicians stand for, unfortunately. And uh, this, is, uh, this, is, this is D.C. Wow. But his popularity doesn't exist anymore. They're going to lose everything. And I think they see it, don't they? The power structure. What can they do? They've almost got to get him out of there. But if they get him out, 
who do they have? I don't see anybody that you'd vote for. Nobody's got to vote for Harris. She's less popular. Nobody's got to vote for yeah. Pelosi. I mean, what what could happen? What What's your scenario? What do you see happening? Uh, they want to get rid of both her and him because she polls even worse than he does. You know, so right. I can believe that. He picked Kamala Harris as a kind of human shield because there's no way um, they can get rid of him and let her actually run. So they need both of them to really go away. Um, they've been undermining her and damaging her. But, yeah, they really don't have anybody else. They're going to have to do the same thing they did last time around. I mean, Bernie Sanders is talking about running again, which is, of course, completely ridiculous, but that's how desperate they are. Um, Elizabeth Warren, I imagine, is going to take a shot at it, and she's wildly unpopular. So, you know, even if they do get rid of Biden, they still have a huge problem. They have a major problem. When you're looking at it, I mean, even the lady who's the senator from Massachusetts, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I mean, she's a screaming banshee on television the other night. I mean, these people are desperate. So are we winning at this juncture? And when you're looking at the situation, are we in a position to win? Are they running scared? They're definitely running scared. But the important thing to remember is that, yeah, they're losing. We're not really winning because winning would mean that we're actually doing something and we have a plan. And in practice, you know, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, they wreck the economy. They wreck the country. People hate them right now. But we need to actually deserve victory. And that's, you know, where the Republicans have often had the problem. Uh, we're we're going to benefit from them screwing up, but we need to actually deserve a victory. Is that going to happen? I think it is. Uh, look at if we've got good candidates, if we've got somebody who can be cohesive. The only difference is Republicans can't seem to be cohesive. We've got too many people who are fracturing away. We're not standing on our principles. We're not standing on our principles. We're too busy fighting each other, and we're not making plans. So that's a huge problem. This is the same problem we've had for a while now. So, you know, this is an opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. Let's hope we don't blow it. Uh, let me ask you something. You haven't done a lot of writing on this, but I need to ask you because uh, you're one of the most intelligent people I know, Daniel, and also one of the most spiritual people I know. Regarding what's happening with the economy, people are worried in this country. You can't even get baby formula right now. The supply chain's broken down. The uh, number of people crossing the border is insane right now. And we're also watching all of the savings that we've had for the older people and others who've been trying to save money being wasted away through this inflation. What can be done at this juncture People are losing losing their life's work. They're losing their prosperity. We're looking at this country going down the tube. What can be done? I don't think one party is going to make a change. What can be done? Because we've had so much that's happened so quickly. It's bad. Obviously, I feel it. A lot of people feel it. It is really bad. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that the damage is just going to go away with another election. But, you know, right. as it, say, it the first step is to stop loss. The first step is to stop the loss, um, which means actually getting the same people who are wrecking this out of office. And some of those people, frankly, are Republicans. You know, when there are Republicans who just talk about in terms of spending money, spending money, spending money, uh, those are not the people who deserve your support because those people are going to bankrupt the country. They're going to bankrupt the country some more. There's no point in getting out Democrats who are spending money like crazy in order to elect Republicans who spend money like crazy. So, you know, the first step is to actually vote for, I mean, their primaries come, uh, still coming up. 
vote for candidates who are actually going to cut back on the spending, who are going to cut back on the pork and on the corruption. We had that in 2010 with the Tea Party movement. Unfortunately, it petered out. But it's something we desperately need. I think the other thing we need is to get back to being energy independent. We need to get back to an energy segment in this oh, yeah. country where they're producing and we can drill wells, we can get it going. And forget about this because the electric grid, if everybody goes to electric cars and stuff like they're talking about, it's going to tear down the electric yeah. grid of this country. We're going to be in even worse shape. Yeah, it's catastrophic. I'm in California. I can tell you exactly how this is. This is Tesla Center Central, and the blackouts, the brownouts, the power warnings are right. constant. Right. You can't you can't uh, drive a car if you've got a brownout or blackouts coming because they're taxing the system. And it also these cars, the electric cars, don't work real well in the cold weather. Uh, there are a lot of problems with them. Uh, some people want to have them fine, but uh, I think they are way, way. It's not a panacea. We are not. We need a dependable source of energy, and we were energy independent. If you're not energy independent, then what are you doing? You're going to Iran. You're going to Russia. You're going to Venezuela for energy. Doesn't that limit what you can do politically in the world? It certainly does. It certainly does, and it creates all sorts of chaos and threats because, you know, all these countries then start fighting over the energy. Now, the Europeans used to be energy independent, and they decided to go for green energy, and they turned over their energy resources to Russia. Now, of course, Russia and Ukraine uh, are fighting because they want to control the European market. You know, this is the disaster that we cause when we pursue um, green energy, and the practice green energy means we're just buying energy from other places because green energy does not work. Look at uh, Germany, shut down their coal plants and what happened to them. They had winters where they were cold, shut down a lot of the power plants in Texas. What happened? They were relying on wind and they were relying on solar. And uh, last winter, their electric grids went down. This is happening other places. The thing about fossil fuels is that they are dependable. That was one of the keys. So I think that's what we need to go back to. But the reason they did this and the whole reason and you wrote on this, weather hates science. Global warming was going to destroy skiing. Then the snow fell. That is a great article, Daniel. Then the snow fell. They've had the coldest weather ever in Vail, Colorado. It's been incredible. They wanted to shut it down, but it's too cold. Global warming, you're saying glo- the, what they don't realize is there's weather and there's climate. Weather is very short-term. Climate is long-term. They don't realize it. Climate is controlled basically by the sun, not by man. That's the truth. That's exactly right. And every time they make these predictions, uh, they talk about how this is going to happen, that's going to happen. You know, it's today is the uh, 100th, and, 100th anniversary of Glacier National Park. And Glacier National Park used to have all these signs on the glaciers that all the glaciers would be gone by 2020, and a few years ago they had to get rid of those signs because it was 2020 and the huge giant glaciers were still there. So all the predictions never come out. Uh, They were claiming that the uh, skiing industry was going to be devastated because winters were going away. And, you know, uh, Vail just, as you mentioned, finished its skiing season on May 1st. Uh, we had some of the we had some new records set for cold weather in Colorado and Denver this year. So all their predictions they never pan out. No, they never do. And the thing is, they're using scare tactics. And what they're doing with this global warming, this has been the excuse for shutting down basically the manufacturing uh, across the entire country. 
Now, China's not shutting down. They're manufacturing. They're building coal plants like crazy. They're doing, and coal is very clean, and it can be used effectively. But also, we've got the natural gas. They're not even allowing natural gas in uh, uh, California. If you don't have uh, solar, you can't build a house without solar. This is insanity, Daniel. It's catastrophic. It's uh, destroying people's lives. It's destroying people's ability to even live anywhere. Uh, the next step is they are pushing to entirely eliminate actual cars. You know, the vast majority of people cannot afford electric cars. So what's going to happen? They want to force the vast majority of people into public transportation that doesn't even really exist. Uh, it's absolutely catastrophic. The inconvenient truth is very simple. We're not into a global warming period. The inconvenient truth is very simple. We need a warming period because without warming of that carbon dioxide, we don't have any crops. We've got a problem with that already. We've got a problem getting fertilizer because of uh, cutting back on the on the uh, oil and gas production. We've got problems of producing plastics or anything else. And the other situation that nobody's talking about is the lithium for the batteries and so the components for these batteries. We don't have but one nickel mine in the entire United States. Where are they going to get these rare earth minerals, Daniel? Yeah, China? All this green energy stuff makes us dependent, exactly. It makes us dependent on China. We are uh, more dependent on China than ever. We're dependent on Russia, by the way, for um, uranium. We're dependent on China for all the green energy stuff, which means our alternatives to fossil fuels all come through our enemies, and that's absolutely catastrophic. So when we talk about the global warming and the green energy agenda, this is an agenda not to benefit us, not to benefit the world, but to benefit China. So the policy, so it did matter that the Bidens took so much money from the Chinese Communist Party. It did matter, doesn't it? Well, it matters catastrophically. China got much richer. Uh, The companies tied up with China, like Amazon, got much richer, and Americans became poor and are still becoming poor. Biden's made millions. Chinese made billions. That's how it worked. Exactly. So uh, nobody's talking about that. Why not? Is it just that they're afraid to or they don't see it? What is going on? Has America gotten to a point where we're afraid to talk? I think we have. Uh, we have also, you have to remember, a lot of the ways that we talk, we talk, I mean, right now we're all over the radio, but on the Internet we're dependent on companies like Facebook, like Twitter, like Amazon, and all these companies are also tied up with the Democrats and they're tied up with China. While uh, China doesn't allow Facebook, um, Chinese um, companies are some of the biggest advertisers on Facebook. They're bringing in billions into the platform. Um, Amazon's uh, platform is dominated by Chinese third-party sellers. Uh, Google also has a lot of financial connections with China. So these companies are invested in not letting anything about this um, be heard. And that's not even mentioning Apple, how, how connected they are of with course. China. Now, what oh, a, yes. tick, TikTok is Chinese, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's pretty much a Chinese psychological experiment on Americans. Uh, President Trump is right to try to actually force a change of ownership. Uh, unfortunately, it's still in Chinese hands, and it's doing a great deal of social damage. When we look at a lot of the stuff that's going on in our schools, uh, dysfunctional behavior, radical gender ideology, a lot of that is coming through TikTok. Uh, it uh, was also a site for pedophilia. Yes, exactly. Now, when you're looking at this, does the Elon Musk 
takeover of Twitter. Is that going to make a difference or not? Is Because uh, I always regard Elon Musk as a technocrat and one thing or another. I uh, really never trusted him. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think the cult of Elon Musk is overblown. If he actually succeeds in changing the censorship culture of Twitter, that would be helpful. But, you know, the bottom line is Twitter is a place for elites to talk, and they want to control how that works. So um, Elon Musk may bring back President Trump to Twitter. Um, he may lift some of the bands. But, the, you know, the culture itself is still very much the tech industry culture, which is one where um, people like us don't belong. Now, are we going to be able to get any type of truth back to where we uh, will be able to have a free uh, election this year? How do you feel about that, Daniel? I don't know if we've ever had free elections, but I think uh, hopefully we're we're not going to have the so-called pandemic emergency, which just allowed Democrat ballot harvesters uh, to uh, just pump a whole lot of bad ballots into the system. Uh, They don't have that excuse anymore. Well, hopefully they won't have that excuse anymore. Uh, Beyond that, uh, the various other emergencies, if they're not in place, is going to make it harder. And also just a disproportionate public tilt against them is going to make it really hard, too, because, you know, in uh, Russia or China, you can just have the ruling party win 97% of the election. No matter how unpopular they are, they're not going to be able to do this in America. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no-fee-for-life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Daniel, we got about just about five minutes left. I want you to answer a couple of questions. What can we do as a country? What can we do as individuals? Is there anything we can do? I know you're what you're doing. You're putting out information. You're putting out information that nobody else has touched. You're putting out the truth. Uh, what can we do now that we have the truth? Where do we go from here now that we've got the truth? Where do we go? Well, for starters, we can see what we can do. And, you know, it's often is easy to feel helpless, to feel like we can't make a difference. But, you know, beyond elections, and obviously it's important to participate and to vote and to uh, get involved just at a local level. It's also important to uh, deal with the way we handle our families, the way we handle uh, interactions with other people, because this is what the left wants to do. It wants to interfere in all these relationships. It wants to take over our lives. From the inside, it wants to poison all these things. And it's hard um, to do that. It's hard to fight the left, to protect our relationship with our children, with our grandchildren, um, to try to keep them um, 
on board despite uh, everything that they're hearing around us. And it is very much a challenge, but it's really important to do because at the bottom line is we are individuals and individual relationships, those are the ones that really matter. Us wants to get inside those, it wants to pervert those and destroy them. Uh, when we preserve those relationships, we are fighting the left. We, we had social distancing. We had masks. We had all that going on. We've had the indoctrination of our children. It's really become a difficult position for a lot of people. And I believe that a lot of Americans, when they live in fear, which was instituted with the COVID, that they have lost a lot of common sense, Daniel. They have. I mean, the left. what the left does is drive the country crazy, and that is obviously a problem. When the left, when you... The country starts uh, going mental when people uh, right. lose common sense, when they lose sanity, while well, they're capable of being programmed and pushed to do anything at all. And, you know, this is obviously what we're seeing here. That's just where they put And I think now people are starting to wake up. People are seeing the fallacy of the COVID. They're seeing how much of that was lies, especially with the Pfizer data coming out now and another vaccine and another. And they're looking at the, I'll tell you what's really waking a lot of people up when they're seeing people who've had the two shots, then they've had uh, two or three boosters on top of that, and they're still coming down with COVID. I think that's waking people up that the science that Fauci's pushing isn't true science. And when they're seeing that, they're realizing that this could have been and may have been one of the biggest frauds ever perpetrated on us where they're giving people these so-called vaccines that are not vaccines and they're not giving them treatment that could have saved lives. This, this people are watching. And I think it's part of the Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates agenda. And we're seeing it in full practice, but the people I hope are smart enough to wake up to it. What do you think? You think they're waking up to it? I think they are. And I think they're waking up to it. The problem is the left is always coming up with new things. The other side doesn't just stand there and stand still and wait around. So, you know, people wake up to the old scam. Yes, most people now realize that we should not have been wearing masks so long. Are they going to be as ready for the new scam? That's the question. In other words, we're going to have another one coming. They're not going to quit with this, are they? No, the left never quits. The evil never gives up. That's, <laughs> That's exactly where we're at. Evil never gives up. I'll tell you, I want to thank you because you have written some of the most uh, beautiful pieces I've ever read. And it's so clear, uh, especially like the one that you wrote on the Seder and also the one that you wrote on the uh, what's going on at the Temple Mount, because we haven't read about that anywhere else. This is a the one thing they have to do is they've got to get God out because they cannot tolerate having God anywhere around their activities. That's, that's the one thing they have to do. The first thing they did, shut down the synagogues and the churches, and especially in New York. Wouldn't even let kids play in the playgrounds and synagogue. So they're shutting them down everywhere. They kept them shut down as long as they could, but they want to make sure that people do not worship. But it doesn't matter because in every totalitarian regime, people still worship, even if they're by themselves. You can't get people to stop praying to God. We're not built that way, are we? They want us to stop praying to God. They want us to start praying to government. You know, there are people who give into that, but so many people are staying strong. They're staying true. They know where everything actually comes from, and it's not the government. Stay strong, stay true, stay with God. God bless you, Daniel. Thank you for everything you do. All aboard the Truth Express. 
You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs operated five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Oh, wow. Robert Mazur spent five years laundering money for Colombian drug cartels. He worked undercover. He brought down the hierarchy. He also brought down international banks that laundered their fortunes. His work led to prosecution of the seventh largest privately held bank, BCCI, convictions of many of the senior bank officials. You can't launder money without the banks being involved. Understand that. The banks are involved. His book, The Infiltrator, adapted into a major motion picture starring Brian Cranston. It's more amazing, more intriguing than any fictional account could ever be. His latest just released book, Betrayal, tells about his brush with death in a recent court-certified expert in international drug trafficking, money laundering, as the president of KYC Solutions, robertmazur.com, M-A-Z-U-R. Money Laundering 101, the infiltrator, 27-year special agent for the IRS, criminal investigation division of the U.S. Customs Service, Drug Enforcement Administration, who was involved Lawyers, businessmen, bankers, financial service providers, all of them were involved. Michael Miguel Angel Trevino Morales of the Los Zetas Cartel, 17 states, etc., formed by members of the Mexican elite army. July 15th, uh, medicine, uh, or Mexican Marines outside of, uh, Nuevo Laredo, two million in cash they found. Two million in cash. That's chump change to these people. They're estimated five hundred billion a year, half a trillion dollars, bigger than Walmart. This is huge, isn't it, Robert? This is huge. Yeah, it's unfortunately uh, um, a very, very scary uh, underworld that I got the opportunity to. Uh, thanks to the leadership in the agencies that I was in, climbed to a portal of the real world into the underworld at a level that uh, very few people ever get the opportunity to do once, let alone twice. <clears throat> and so I got the opportunity to see the professionals, the lawyers, the bankers, uh, uh, financial service providers helping the Medellin cartel. And then about three or four years later, when I went back under a uh, new identity, new companies, uh, and infiltrated the Cali cartel and factions of the uh, Panamanian underworld saw the same thing again. So, uh, yeah, they're out there and they are very much involved with, uh, uh, with, with the drug uh, organizations around the world. It said that there's $2 trillion seeking to be laundered. It's the guys wearing the suits who are doing the laundering, the guys who people go to to trust, the bankers, the lawyers, uh, these people. They're the enablers. They're just as uh, dirty as the people who are, doing, who are making money to begin with. Dirty banks behind Pablo Escobar. I mean, 
this uh, altered your life forever. How did you get out of there? Because these people are crazy. They are crazy. Everybody I've talked with said the mob was nothing. These people are the mob times 10. They're crazy and they are absolutely ruthless. How did you get out of it? And the other question for you, you've got to be a tremendous actor. I know that uh, in the movie, you had a great actor uh, filming and that, but the fact of the matter is you've got to be one of the greatest actors in the entire world to make it out of there. I mean, Brian Cranston's got nothing on you. You had to get, get by with these people. I mean, uh, how do you get your life back? Yeah. Well, you know, um, Brian has kind of, has become a friend and, and I've, one of the times that I've been with him and spoken to him about that, I said, you know, Brian, I'm not a very good actor. And he laughed. And oh, said, you know, that's you're the best. I said, well, I don't know, because, you know, I told him I'd be like Joe Pesci. I have to do just one. There's only one part that I can play. The little Italian corrupt bun- <laughs> uh, money launderer <laughs> businessman from New York. Because <laughs> uh, that's it. I mean, Joe Pesci and... Um, What's the other guy I'm trying to think? Danny DeVito. You know, they, they, they've got to play those kind of parts. And so, right, anyway, right. yeah, so so I can do that one pretty well. But um, but he's got such a, 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 a rainbow of, op, of, of uh, ability to be able to play Lyndon Johnson. And he can play uh, me and the infiltrator. He's just an extraordinarily gifted and, and, you know, a very humble and kind man. He cared so much about portraying the true grit of my family that he spent time, not just with me, but with my wife and with my two kids so that he could really get inside our minds about what that whole experience was like. And um, your life was all standstill for a while, wasn't it? While you were working. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, what I, I, people always go my gee, you know, you must've really liked doing that because you got to go to all those fancy hotels and restaurants and this, that, and the other thing. And I told them, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered to me if I was in a McDonald's because I wasn't even thinking about the taste of the food. When, when you're deep undercover with a lot of people who would kill you at, at a blink. Um, right. Because these, these people were legitimately crazy, and they were the meanest people on the face of the earth. They had no morals whatsoever, did they? Well, they were highly, highly sophisticated. You know, Hollywood likes to show them like Al Pacino and Scarface. But most of the people that I dealt with, especially on the high levels of the money side, uh, they spoke two, three languages. They were lawyers and doctors and engineers. Um, wow. Very, uh, very professional on the surface. Um, anybody who looked at them might think that they were legitimate people, pillars of the community. But behind closed doors, you know, they're, they are different animals. And the same thing with respect to the, the uh, high-level bankers that I dealt with. I'm sure that the meetings that I had with them behind clo- closed boardroom doors was nothing like the meetings they had when regulators were around. It was a totally different story. Oh, no, no. How did you get out of it? How did you get away? Because you had to have a price on your head. Well, a witness and an um, electronic intercept confirmed that there was a, a contract on my life after I did the first undercover operation, the Medellin cartel infiltration, about 30 days after my name had to be turned over. You know, in the U.S. courts, obviously, it's it's a, a responsibility that you must identify the names of your witnesses because the other side 
has to be able to cross-examine and, and, and look into their background to see if there's anything that's, uh, that should cause a jury not to believe them. So once they got my name, it wasn't more than 30 days before uh, the evidence about the supposed hit on me uh, came out, a $500,000 hit. And um, I was able to convince my agency that um, because I knew this was coming, I could tell in the last six months I knew who I was dealing with. I was dealing with with very, very high people up in the Medellin cartel that there, there was going to be retaliation. So I built uh, an extra um, false identity exclusively for the purposes of being able to use it if that should happen, and my agency approved our using that. So my wife and I and my two kids, who then were 11 and 13, um, went underground for a couple of years, and, and uh, that was very tough on them because that two years, anybody who's a lawyer knows that once the indictment is returned, that's when the work starts. So you've got to prepare for trial. Uh, I had 1,200 transcripts that my partner I and I had recorded wow. that me- <laughs> needed to be transcribed. And and then I needed to travel around the United States and into Europe to testify in trials. And the longest trial in that matter lasted six months. And I got on the stand in the middle of March, and I got off in the middle of June. I testified every single court day for three months in that matter. So I I wasn't home very much, even though I was done with my undercover assignment, that undercover assignment. And when that was all over, I I really felt that what I saw was so unique that um, even my colleagues, let alone the public, didn't appreciate the fact that, at least in my opinion, there was a segment of the international banking and business community that basically feeds off of the laundering services for uh, major criminal organizations. They are the people who transform mountains of cash into legitimate appearing businesses that enable those criminal organizations to uh, corrupt presidents of countries, military leaders. Um, You know, just this past year, to kind of reflect on how, how bad this has gotten, just actually just uh, within the last month, the recently uh, the, the president of Honduras, who recently finished his last uh, administration, uh, shortly after he uh, stepped down, was arrested, uh, extradited to the United States, and now faces um, life in prison for his involvement, allowing Honduras to become a gate uh, for the cartels to send money and drugs through his country. His brother um, is in prison for life. He was convicted here in the United States and probably 10 senators from Honduras as well. Wow. Who would have thought, you know, just last year, 2021, um, the uh, Drug Enforcement Administration, a, a section called the Special Operations Division, they work all over the world. They're a, a small uh, elite group, maybe 45 or so agents within that group. They developed a case um, trying to identify someone, a very secretive person who's using the code name El Padrino, who was providing very sensitive information about law enforcement activities and providing passage for drugs from Mexico to the United States. And it turned out when they finally identified him that El Padrino was the Minister of Defense for the entire country of Mexico. His name is oh, Fuegos, no. General General Salvador Fuegos. So we had him, and he was being held without bond. And unfortunately, um, the uh, the Mexican government 
put a lot of political pressure uh, on the U.S. and uh, Attorney General Barr uh, decided that he would, in fact, let them take Sinfuegos back to Mexico and and uh, deal with him under Mexican law. They said that they would do that in good faith. And 30 days after they got him back, they said, you know, we've looked at this. There's no no evidence of a crime here. And they dropped all <laughs> surprise, dropped big all surprise, right? Yeah. You knew that was so, going to happen. Well, oh, it's yeah. interesting to me that the uh, uh, Las Zetas uh, cartel uh, was formed by members of the Mexican elite army. That's not surprising to you, is it? No, Los Zetas was the uh, yeah was the the special forces guys, and they were the protection for the Sinaloa cartel until they decided that they thought they could be just as effective, not just as bodyguards, but also as drug traffickers. So they split off and have their own uh, organization, and they have done some horrific things. I, I remember a number of years back, they I think they went into um, a town called San Juan in Mexico. And uh, they wound up murdering uh, a large number of people. And there was another incident, I thought, in Monterey, but in, in, in Mexico, for sure. They threw 49 headless, handless, footless torsos on the streets to basically announce to the city, that city, that village, that they were totally in charge. 100% Z is what they call it. The total the Losetas controlled that, that area 100%. And, um, and a lot of these bodies that they threw out there were basically, they weren't competing drug traffickers. They were, in some instances, innocent people who just happened to be cornered, and they became billboards for Losetas about how ruthless uh, they were. So you said in the beginning of your show that, you know, these are these are the root, most ruthless of the ruthless, and they certainly are. Wow. More. When we return, there's a lot more with Robert Mazur. The real deal. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. The agency that uh, you work for, Mr. Mazur, the IRS uh, Criminal Investigation Division, Customs Service and Drug Enforcement, uh, did there are very few people in there who knew what you were doing, I'm sure, because we can't even trust our own people on this because there's so much money going around that people will take it for anything. Uh, you had to be even quiet within your own agency, weren't you? Well, I think a prime example of that is in my newly released book, The Betrayal. Um, 
the betrayal talks about a number of different betrayals, but one obvious one, as one reads the book, <clears throat> is that although I initially um, was able to slip into the um, money laundering activities of the Cali cartel at a high level relatively quickly, um, right. a little bit around a half year into it, all of a sudden there were a couple of people um, within the Cali cartel who appeared to be distancing themselves from me and suspicious of whether I was who I really said who I was. And by the time you get to the end of the book, you unfortunately learn that I had been betrayed by a mole within our own government, uh, right. another agent. And um, he, he actually gave them, uh, told them who I was, that I was a DEA undercover agent, uh, at a time when he knew full well that I was traveling to Panama and Colombia in an undercover capacity. I could have easily been kidnapped and killed. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and that's an unfortunate, that's a very unfortunate thing that um, we face within our own agency. Sometimes we have a feeling that, you know, we somehow or another are above uh, some of the corruption that we hear and see about another right, nation. Right, right. And unfortunately, isn't the, totally the case. They put a death sentence on you is what they did just by releasing your name and telling them they put a death sentence on you. I mean, 30, 30 pieces of silver, they sold you out. But this happens. This happens a lot. There's nobody, the business you were in, there was almost nobody you could trust, was there? No, I'm, um, I, I'm in the first operation, I had a partner and he and I were locked at the hip and, and, um, and, and, Got along famously, and, and he's a tremendous, tremendous undercover agent. Um, in betrayal, you were on your own, though, weren't you? Yeah, you know, life's a bell curve. Unfortunately, uh, in every walk of life, there there are people who are just morally corrupt, uh, bankrupt, I should say, morally bankrupt. And um, you know, they can be in you know, it could be a banker, a lawyer, it could be a, a an agent, it could be a, a cop on the street, it could be anything, but. Um, but I am, but I am proud to say that in uh, 27 years that I served in law enforcement, it's my view that 99.999% of the public servants that are out there are doing the best best job that they possibly can do to try to serve the public, and and that's part of why I've written my books and why it is that I feel it's so important to share with the public what I saw. They paid my salary. <laughs> they should know. They should know what the true story is about what's happening in the underworld. And and it's important for me to share that information because there are not many people who get to see what I have. It also makes it more important, more that uh, people can read Betrayal and the more that people read uh, The Infiltrator. I'd suggest getting both. But Betrayal's your new latest one. That uh, now there's more trafficking than ever because of the borders being open. Not only drug trafficking, but human trafficking. Also uh, diseases and all sorts of things coming across uh, people who have uh, nefarious things they want to do in this country, setting up sleeper cells and all of this. The open border is a major problem for the, and it's not for for the drug dealers because it's a welcome invitation. Might as well just throw down and welcome back with open borders. Well, and you know, unfortunately, we're dealing with, with organizations that have more resources than governments. And right. the alliance well, that exists. They got more money than Walmart. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, the alliance that exists, not just between the Mexican and Colombian cartels, but they work very closely with uh, Hezbollah uh, because Hezbollah has recognized that uh, drug trafficking and money laundering is a way in which they can fund their terrorist financing. They work also with China. 
Oh, yeah, very much so, the Chinese triads. Where do you think, unfortunately, all of this fentanyl uh, and the precursor chemicals for methamphetamine are coming from? They're being shipped out of China from the uh, unregulated pharmaceutical companies that are there and controlled by the triads. So they we'll right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. You may have seen the movie, but get the book, The Infiltrator. Absolutely great. The movie was wonderful with Brian Cranston, but get the book. The, the latest book just released last month is Betrayal. Tells of uh, Mr. Missouri's brush with death and much more. Now, we touched on fentanyl. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death in this country of people 18 to 45. Fentanyl, a little bit of it can kill a person. Just a little bit. It's dangerous to deal with, dangerous to touch, dangerous to transport, and dangerous for our law enforcement agencies to work with. Uh, Cartels are indeed a threat to national security because of that. Leading cause of death, 18 to 45. And plus, not only drug trafficking, but also the human trafficking. This is going throughout the entire country right now. Human trafficking of children, human trafficking of women human trafficking of boys and girls. This is a terrible situation. But these cartels, they have no bounds. They'll make money off of anything they can, and they have no morals whatsoever. Like you said, they took 40 people and just beheaded them, put them out in the streets so that people knew, hey, we mean business. They are really completely ruthless, amoral people, aren't they? Yeah, you know, those 49 people, it was the, the town of San Juan, about 100 miles west of Brownsville, um, 49 people, 43 of them were men, and uh, six were women, whose heads were chopped off, hands and feet were chopped off, um, and their bodies strewn in the streets as a, as a billboard message to those who were still alive that this would happen to them if, if they weren't loyal to Los Etas. So uh, that, kind of, that kind of violence, unfortunately, uh, goes on more often than we ever even hear, hear about, because, you know, we hear about how many... Tens of thousands of people have been murdered in the, the drug world in Mexico, but we, we all don't hear very often about how many people go missing, which is also in the huge tens of thousands. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely is, uh, is a terrible situation. And in 2021, I believe the number is roughly 108,000 overdoses in the United States, and I believe right. two-thirds of those were the result of fentanyl overdoses. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I, I really think uh, I take away from my involvement in law enforcement is that we're, we're doing an important job trying to cut off the heads of the snake, but right. we definitely need to recognize that drug abuse and drug use is a disease. And, you know, I have, uh, uh, it pains me to say it, but I have two cousins who died of overdoses of heroin and a third who almost was lost. And it took me almost a month to be able to speak to state governments and county governments and find him uh, help. And, um, and ultimately, it turned out that um, he wound up going from there to a uh, a religious-based uh, organization that was helping people with drug abuse, and he finally got turned around and, and now works there um, helping others. But we, we need to recognize that um, as terrible it is as it is, and it is very terrible that people traffic in this, there's a lot of people who have endured a lot of pain um, on, on the youth side, and, um, and, and I really do think we need to work more at that. A lot of places that will help, places like Christian Recovery, a lot of places that can really help. Uh, yeah. You've got to have, mentally, some of these images. I know with nurses and uh, doctors, and especially, though, with you, you've got images. How do you get them out of your head? Or you can't, can you? No. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, some people <laughs> probably um, some of my former colleagues in law enforcement may may think it a sign of weakness, but you know when I dealt with these people in their world, I was fully immersed in their world. So I not only right. dealt with them, but I dealt with their spouses and their children. And in many cases, their spouses and children were oblivious to what it was that was really going on. But I knew when the operations were over that the outcome, um, although it wasn't my fault, it was it was uh, the fault of the defendants being caught to doing, doing what they were doing, but I was not only having an impact on those defendants, but I was having a, a severe life-changing impact on the spouses and the children. And uh, so I didn't high-five with everybody who wanted to party uh, when the end of the operations came around. I, I really just wanted to be alone, and uh, I wanted to try to work this out in my own mind. And luckily, my family uh, was there for me and has been. And, and I can tell you, there's, I'm convinced that there are two reasons that I got through this travel. One is a higher power that was looking over me, right. looking out for me. And the other is my best friend, my wife, who, since she was 16 and I was 17, um, we've been best friends. Other than that year and a half that she dumped me when I was in college, but other than that, we, we've been <laughs> we've been best friends. And um, and, and there's nothing that either of us wouldn't do for the other, and that's the way life has been. And having a you're you're, t- you're telling like me that. in part that the time apart brought you closer together. Absolutely, absolutely, right. it did. Yeah, absolutely, it did. Now, is this going to become betrayal? Going to become a movie? Have you been talking with Brian about it? Well, I've been Amazon Studios purchased the movie rights and Good. put a put a team together. Um, I, you know, what what motivated me to write the betrayal is um, I, I had ideas about it, and I met with I, I did what you know just a kind of a general treatment, and I met with Brian and his wife in New York 
my wife and uh, I got together with them, and right. and I gave him a copy of the treatment, and he, he promised me he'd read it, and he got back about two months later, and he said, you know, I think we've got something here, and, and I'm interested, and so um, shortly thereafter, I wound up uh, getting published, um, not just in the U.S. Um, or North America, but also in Europe, um, and um, Amazon Studios met with us, me, um, Brian, um, the director from The Infiltrator, and a few other people. And they decided to put a team together to make an attempt to put a screenplay together that will be a sequel to The Infiltrator. And that's a tall order because, you know, one out of a thousand books probably get to that point, and one out of 10,000 books probably get to, uh, to actually become a movie. So and and I got odds against me because my first one became a movie. So could you imagine if two in a row became movies? That would be pretty. That would be pretty high uh, high odds. So uh, we're going to try. Well, but, but no betrayal guarantee. betrayal reads like a script. Reads like a movie script. It really does. Yeah, a lot of people have told me that. I hope hopefully I learned something uh, in my in some writing skills as I went through it. I had a lot of great great editors who were working with me that tried to uh to and and did in fact help me uh, quite a bit and um and so um and oddly covid had us uh locked down so uh it wasn't like i had anywhere to go <laughs> so that, that kind of uh, that accelerated the, the writing too it would it gave you a little bit of time where you could sit back and relax and go over this was it hard going over it or was that cathartic for you uh yeah a little a, a a little hard here and there, especially, you know, as it relates to the the uh, the agent that stabbed me in the back. Um, he tried to reach out to me. I mean, he wound up getting 11 years in prison, and after he got out of prison, he tried to uh, contact me four or five times, and I, and I never returned any of the calls. Um, I think he was looking for my forgiveness, and as I had eventually told him when I did contact him while I was writing the betrayal that, you know, forgiveness of sins is, is, uh, definitely, uh, in the four corners of, of a higher power. I'm not, I don't have that. For your forgiveness of sins is going to be up to God, not you. It's going to be up to God. Right. Right. And, right. and so your, your, you know your problems with God, you know what you did, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I, I did finally decide that, you know, I may not agree. I mean, I'm sure I don't agree with um, his logic and his thinking, but his experience that he had being a police officer in handcuffs and then going into solitary confinement, being moved from prison to prison, being in federal prison, almost getting killed uh, at least once while he was in prison. I could generally speak about that, but I, I could only get a reader to feel it and uh, if I heard the words and the emotion directly from him. So I assured him that I was not going to go out of my way to put his real name in the book, but I was going to, uh, I, I wanted to talk to him, but I wanted to record the, uh, the interviews and I, oh, yeah. I would be using it. And, and I did. And, um, he has moved on. I know a little bit about what he, he does these days. And, um, it appears on its surface that he's a different person he um, has become born again, and and um, and I hope it's and I think I hope it's sincere. Um, so, um, but but yeah, that 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 was a very emotional for me. That was a really 
emotional thing because I remember if, like if his if his born again belief is sincere, he can yeah. be forgiven. If it isn't sincere, he, he knows that. And I have a feeling, right. I have a feeling that uh, just from what you're saying, that he's a different person. But I know I you can you you can can uh, you you. Can, you can't forgive, but you can't forget. <laughs> That's the yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you a couple of things. Uh, the role of the bankers in laundering money couldn't be done without the bankers. Now, not just one bank. It's a lot of the banks, isn't it, right now? Yeah, you know, if you go uh, through the court files of the last 10 years, there I, I put a list in the, uh, in the book, an appendix, with a list of, I think, 18 banks that have admitted in court filings that they committed a criminal offense in connection with the movement of illicit funds. Those funds right. um, are, they, are they international banks or American banks, too? American banks as well. And um, they're, they're in, in, that, uh, in, in that list, they paid collectively uh, $24 billion in, in fines, which sounds like a lot, except for the fact that... No, no, they... No, very not when they launder. Them. Not when they launder five hundred billion a year, right? Yeah. Well, very few of them. Those cases involve any of the officers being individually held responsible for their conduct, and and that's another thing that I I speak about in the epilogue of the trail, and that is that you know the, the government has this. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of this uh, definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And they have been, for 15 years, been uh, punishing banks by imposing fines, which basically, what does that mean? That means the shareholders wind up having right, to pay right. for the crime. If, if, they, if they took a few of the officers and perp-walked them through and took them off, that would set a precedence for other people. That would be the Absolutely. only thing that would make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I say. I say, you know, <clears throat> you think about this. You know, um, it's it's about 10 years ago now, but Wachovia Bank uh, that wound up being bought out by Wells Fargo, uh, Wachovia right. Bank, um, they did not have any branches in Mexico, but they did establish correspondent bank accounts with institutions in Mexico. Those were what they call casas de cambio, houses of exchange. And <clears throat> those are typical money laundering fronts. But what they did... By having officers from Miami and Philadelphia go to um, Mexico and uh, sign these houses of exchange up as accounts, they wound up accepting from those houses of exchange in less than three years $14 billion in U.S. Wow. currency. $14 billion. And I was a money launderer undercover. Um, and I can tell you that, that money was in five, tens, and twenties. But if you made the package as small as you can and said it was all twenties, that fourteen billion would have weighed seven hundred and eighty tons. So tell me, oh. how do you how do you wrap your mind around the idea that your accounts are sending you seven hundred and eighty tons of cash out of Mexico? A lot of it, most of it, coming from the Sinaloa, the state of Sinaloa, where the Sinaloa cartel operates, and you don't have a suspicion. That that money is coming from drug trafficking? Come on! Well, they are, they also they're also doing the same thing in this country. Uh, this country, I know when my I was reading about the 
Zetas uh, cartel, they're operating in 17 states. Cartels are operating in this country, too. They're not just laundering money out of Mexico. They're laundering money from here. Yeah. And, you know, um, the, the business model really for the Mexican cartels is that they try to uh, use gangs as much as they can in the distribution of, of uh, drugs and the collection of money for them. And you have gangs like MS-13 who right. make Glosetas look like nice guys. Um, right. That are they're in virtually every state in the United States, MS-13. So, um, you know, they've got now, the distribution. Now, now, President Trump got rid of a lot of the gang members, but they're back in. You know, unfortunately, I don't think we've ever really gotten uh, gotten rid of uh, of those guys. And, you know, it's funny. They do all have massive amounts of tattoos that are exclusive for MS-13 members. <laughs> right. So you would right. They're, they're advertising who they are. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, you know, so but I know it's a very difficult job for law enforcement. They're extraordinarily violent because of that. Many people who could be witnesses are fearful of death, not just of themselves, but their their spouses, their kids, their grandmothers, their grandfathers. Um, the way these it's, people it's operate. It's uh, not an irrational fear either. It is absolute fear that's fact-based. True. Well, we'll be right back. How do you stop it? We'll talk about it. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Talking with Robert Mazur. The books are called The Infiltrator. If you haven't got it, get it. Uh, the movie is The Infiltrator, and it's soon to be a movie, Betrayal. That's his latest book. Get them both. I mean, forget any reading any fiction books. These are better than any picture you'll ever get. Now, how do you stop it? I think as long as there's a market for human trafficking, as long as there's a market for drugs, you're not going to be able to stop it. Uh, not absolutely stop it. You can slow it up, but you can't stop it. As long as people are willing to take money to uh, clean up uh, and take care of the money laundering, you're not going to be able to stop it. Uh, what do you think? Oh, I agree totally. Um, you know, when I was working within the Medellin cartel, um, it cost $500 to make a kilogram of cocaine. And it cost about $2,500 for that kilogram to be transported. Of course, it was part of thousands of kilograms that came in a time, but when you break it down by widget, it's, so that's a $3,000 investment. And the people who would receive that, those uh, shipments of drugs, 
would sell it um, wholesale for roughly about $15,000 a kilogram. So there was a $13,000 profit when it hit the shores. Um, and the profits just grow exponentially uh, after that. But you can imagine I was dealing with people who were sending 1,000, 2,000 kilograms six, seven times a year uh, into the United States. So you multiply that times 13,000 kilograms, and it's a fortune. And every uh, El Chapo goose fund that we take down, to say that we shouldn't, because, you know, it's just like an army. If it's, it's like what the Ukrainians are doing with the Russians. If you, if you kill the generals, it disrupts command and control, and it causes people with lesser experience to then become leaders. And so that is a strategy that needs to be continued, but that's not a total winning strategy. Uh, a total winning strategy, in my view, also has to include significant resources to help those people within the United States who are making a very, very bad mistake by becoming the, the people who fill the suitcases full of 5s, 10s, and 20s. And these aren't rich people necessarily. Some are, some not. But in many parts, they're, you know, they're in inner cities in, in very, very tough, nasty neighborhoods that are controlled by MS-13. And, um, and, and we've got to find a way to be able to uh, turn that around. The problem that you face, though, is if, if you are living in that neighborhood, and MS-13 members come up to you and they say that they want you to be in their gang and you don't want to be in their gang. And then they go to your parents and they say, if he doesn't come and work with us, we're going to kill him, you, his sisters, your mother, your father. And what are you going to do? Um, it's like a story that I heard uh, about people who run an elderly couple that ran a house of exchange in Mexico, a Casa de Cambio. They were honest, God-fearing people who were trying to, to uh, work an honest living. And a guy showed up in a suit, and he said, you know, I'm coming here to, trans to, to give you information from, and I forget which cartel, uh, cartel but let's say Los Zetas. Um, we are offering you silver or lead. You can either get paid to move our money through your business, or we will kill you. And the next thing that guy in a suit did was he pulled out a picture of their granddaughter, and they said, you know, she goes to school at that, she, the school she goes to is right by that major highway, and wouldn't it be terrible if one of those big 18-wheel trucks ran her over? Don't you think you should be helping her, and how about helping us? Boy, do? there's a there's an offer you can't refuse. It makes a horse head look like nothing. Right, right. and then if you want they to they personalize the cops, it. You can't go to the cops because you don't know which of the cops are working uh, with the cartels. No, so you can't turn them in. So what do you do? It's it's a it's a it's a it's a terrible terrible situation that thankfully I don't think happens that much within the borders of of the United States. It happens some in gang neighborhoods, but. In Mexico, it happens every day. So um, there's a lot of angles to this whole thing. And it, it, it really requires people to take a deep breath, take a close look at what we're doing, look in the mirror, admit the fact we are not winning the war. So how do we change what we're doing and how can we be more effective? And I'm not saying I have all the answers. I have some ideas about how to do it. But if you don't have an open mind and be willing to admit that you're, you're failing, 
that and then you then you're back to the definition of insanity of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Absolutely. So our leaders need to talk about this in an honest and open way. Robert Mazur, God bless you and thank you for all that you're doing and have done. Betrayal and the infiltrator. RobertMazur.com. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs operating five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today.